This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of June 23rd, 2018. They are the greatest beers in all the land. Craft Beer Alliance loses a CFO, but gains a board member. PBR shortage? What's next? No more mustache wax? Pepsi told to cut down the plastic. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. All right, we are short of Casey this week, but we do have news nevertheless. Uh, So, starting us off, the greatest beers in all the land. So, uh, this is from the American Home Brewers Association. And it is the top, was it 49, which is an odd number, um, for top ranked beers. I feel like maybe it was supposed to be a different number, but there's a lot of ties. Yeah, the 49 is just like, you couldn't just like add the one more. Anyway, um, (laughs) so I love that. So on the episode that Casey's not here, we cover something where it says the number one beer in America (laughs) is Bell's Two Hearted Ale. (laughs) Second year in a row, baby. (laughs) Uh, And these are just America, right? Like that's. Yeah, this is in America. So that has been the case now for two years. It has ranked. For a couple of years, so yeah. Uh, R- Pliny the I Elder to drop off. I want them to drop off next year and then come back the year after and just you know them saying, "Don't call it a comeback." <laughs> uh, yeah, Pliny the Elder is number two, which that one pretty much stays in the top five. Also, I feel like yeah. Um, I don't remember. I know I've had that before, but I feel like I just don't remember it at all. Um. Yeah, uh, the Alchemist Hetty Topper which we talked about on our New England IPA episode. Yes, the original, uh, deservedly, is in there. Yeah. We won't cover, like, literally all 49 of these. We'll have the link, obviously. In the, in no, the strap in. This is going to be a long <laughs> one, guys. Um, but uh, just some of the, the ones, like, at least, okay, so the, the top five. So the next up is Bell's Hop Slam. I can see Come that. Come on and slam <laughs> yeah. if you want to jam. Uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Indeed, that's a lot of people's first. So that's, that's a good place to come in. five. Top. That's, that's a good. That's, that's number good four. Place to... Oh no! Wait. Oh, there's more. You're okay. So there's three tied for number five. <laughs> it's Sierra Nevada, Founders, CBS, which is the Canadian breakfast stout, and Founders KBS, the Kentucky breakfast stout, which is interesting. I I mean personally, I would think I think that the CBS should not be in the top ten, but that's <laughs> just me. You're one you of know. the few people who did not enjoy CBS. I know. I, there were others, though. Like, let it be It's known. just because, so, CBS, I still, people weren't prepared for what they were going to be tasting because it's, they were expecting KBS with maple added. Basically, that, yeah. Not what it is. It's very thin. And it, I don't know what else I was expecting, honestly, but what I got, and there was that weird, what was it, like the rubbing alcohol taste, and I couldn't, I just couldn't handle it. I couldn't, that's all I tasted for me, anyway. Um, I didn't get to have any, so I don't know. Yeah, that's for the best. Yet. Um, 
So I want to also point out, so again, not going down literally the entire list, but Founders is on here, what, one, two, three, at least five times? Four times in the top ten. Yeah. So but that's anyway, kind of finish, finish out the uh, top ten list here. Yeah. Um, three Floyd Zombie Dust is at number eight. That one's that's, solid. It's one I feel, yeah, it's good, but it's one I feel gets overrated. It, yeah. It's like hype. I like Three Floyds. Don't get me wrong. But it, Zombie Dust is a hype train. It could be <laughs> yeah. that it's now so available in our market. So it's, Maybe. you know, multiple times a month, Zombie Dust hits. And it's just like, you know, every couple of weeks I can go find a six pack if I want it. Number nine, again, Founders. Breakfast Out. Just now, the normal Breakfast Out. Now available all year round. Yeah. <laughs> and Founders really decide, like, no. You're going to give you everything you want Founders, all the time. Yeah, they, like into last year and then coming into this year, they said everything anyone's ever wanted from us, we're going to let it rain from the heavens. CBS is coming back for the first time in seven years, and it's going to be a wide release. They're like, oh, that wasn't enough? Well, we're going to make Backwoods Bastard and Breakfast Out available all year round. And then Jaws hit the floor, and <laughs> we're just like, oh. Let the Jaws hit the floor. And, and the angels sang. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's what's going to happen when they say KBS year-round. You can still get it. I know. I, I don't think it would be stores. a special, you know? There's still several stores where it's on shelves right now around Cincinnati. All right. So last, uh, as far as covering the top 10, we have two tied for number 10. I have never heard of this first one, but it's called Weldworks Juicy Bits. Great name. Uh, but also tied for number 10 is Founders All Day IPA. Now, mm. we've had that one, and it's kind of amazing. <laughs> Just putting that it's out there. Real, it's a real solid, sessionable kind of IPA. Yeah, like, it's the best name for it, too. Like, the all-day IPA, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> I could. But, Especially if you get, like, one of those tall cans of it, you're just good. Oh, yeah. That's, I um, mean, it is aptly titled, because you could drink it all day. Okay, so I mean, apparently you can still the, get regular size cans, but you're going to get, like, a billion of them. That's true. The new packs and stuff. Uh, so the Weldworks one is a New England style. Um, let's see. It's Mosaic Citra Eldorado hops. Sounds not, sounds good. I just don't know really anything about this one. Um, okay. Um, this article also talks about, uh, apparently in this same list, we have the top-ranked breweries yes. in the nation. Um, <laughs> freaking Bells is still number one. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Somewhere... Casey's Jimmy's are in a rustle. Yeah. Uh, number two. Who Who's at number two? Founders Brewing. <laughs> so that's two Michigan breweries in the top two. Just, just Yeah, they're within spitting distance of each other, too. Uh, like, just let it be known, Michigan is like still the mecca of champion beer. spitting level, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, Russian River, who makes Pliny the Elder, uh, that is at number three... So basically, all the ones that make the beers in the top ten list, yeah. plus a couple There's others. One that, essentially, yeah. uh, Sierra Nevada Firestone Walker is at number five. Um, Which, if you're listening, I would plug the episode. But if you're listening to this, you've already listened to the Firestone Walker episode. Theoretically, like. you could be catching this live. I don't know. Um, Deschutes and Dogfish Head are tied at number six. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, I can kind of see that. A lot of their stuff is quite good, 
but mm. I, I kind of equate you know I don't equate them as making very similar stuff, but they're no. both of I, that. They're the same, yeah, the same tier. But I think, my, okay, my personal opinion, I would rate Dogfish Head over Deschutes. That's just me. Yeah, probably. I I I, I enjoy far more from Dogfish Head than Deschutes. Like, there's definitely ones from Deschutes that I'm just like, meh. Um, let's see, Stone Brewings at number eight. The Alchemist, mm-hmm. number nine. I thought they would have been a little bit higher, but I guess it's probably a distribution thing, too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, then at number ten, Three Floyds out of Indiana. All uh, right, and they even break down beer portfolios, but I don't think we really have time to go through. It's, no, no. Okay. What, are the, what are all the breweries we were just talking about? Uh, Stone, Firestone Walker, New Belgium, and then Founders, Dogfish, Avery, Hill Farmstead, uh, Boulevard, Trillium, Bells, Deschutes. Hill Farmstead, go every beer. time. Go beer. Go beer. Go beer. <laughs> uh, so, so an actual short list on here is the top imports, which is still kind of, which is a little interesting. Uh, Orval from Belgium. Le Fin du Monde from Canada. Uh, mm. Duvel from Belgium. Uh, and then like the rest are all tied at number four. <laughs> uh, West Vlederen, mm. um, also Belgium. Same. I'm seeing a theme. Uh, St. Bernardist, or St. Bernardus, sorry. Uh, Iinger and Guinness. So, huh. And that's I mean, specifically the Guinness draft. For, but yeah, that's uh, a short list for imports, but it, it kind of gets to the point. Like, hey, look, these are still a thing. Yeah. Um, I, I realized they were probably going to pop up on there when on their, their main list, the you know, the top ranked beers overall. Orval is in there. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if any of the others are, but it's very interesting. Uh, but still, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a nice list. We'll we'll provide the notes for that so you guys can look at. There's two different articles that cover it. Um, the Homebrewers Association website, obviously, and then um, a, a what is it? A slightly better like write up of it for uh, Vine Pair, I think. Yeah, yeah. Vine Pair, which is another really good. Um, reliable source so yeah um, speaking of craft beer and groups <laughs> sure uh, yeah, the, there's a be, there've been some big changes at the craft brew alliance uh, this week they've lost their CFO chief financial officer uh, but they've also gained a new board member they're not the same person <laughs> all right uh, Chief Financial Officer Joseph Vlanderstelt. Yeah. Vlanderstelt? Sure. Vlanderstelt. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. He's the easy name in this. Uh, <laughs> will be leaving the company on July 13th after three years of working for the CBA. Uh, he says this was not an easy decision to leave the CBA, uh, to leave CBA, but I f- uh, feel really confident in the team that is uh, in place and their ability. Uh, to continue building on the strong progress they have made over the past years. Uh, the C- the CEO of uh, the Craft Brew-, Brew Alliance also said that uh, Vanderselt has, quote, helped establish CBA in the best financial health our, uh, of our company's history. Uh, he will still remain a shareholder and currently owns 10,035 shares of stock and options. In case anyone's wondering, CBA, the Craft Brewers, uh, Craft Brew Alliance is the people who make Kona and uh, a number of other things. Oh yeah, and ABM Bev 
purchased what well, it's like it? a steak in it like they, they have a large there, but... steak yeah in it, but... well speaking of abm bev <laughs> uh that's not all the craft brewer alliance had to announce uh they also uh, uh touted the appointment of yao paulo falcao falcao right there hit it nailed it yao... first try yao paulo falcao the uh Fal- Alcho Vieira. Oh, Vieira. I missed uh, the last name. Sorry. <laughs> Vice President of Anheuser-Busch's uh, North American Zone uh, to the Board of Directors for the Craft Brew, uh, Brew Alliance. Falcho Vieira uh, supplants Michael Taylor, who departed ABM Bev to become CEO of Green Flash Brewing in <laughs> San Diego. Sucks to be <laughs> him. <laughs> uh Falcho Vieira has served in several leadership roles uh, with AB InBev between 2011 and 2017 in its AmBev Brazil division and uh, most recently working in the vice president of the high end there. Uh, according to his LinkedIn, that's a thing I hate people <laughs> researching, uh, hey. he has also worked on mergers and acquisitions uh, for AB InBev since 2017. Uh Pretty sure he's not quitting his day job. He's just also a board member. Uh, so changes like this may si- signal that there's more on the horizon uh, from the alliance of ABM Bev and the Craft Beer Alliance. Uh, ABM Bev already has a 31% stake in the company, uh, but there's a further connect. This further connection between them uh, may lead to a buyout offer sometime in the near future. Some of the speculation in the article. Hmm. Which came out from Brewbound just a couple of days ago. No, this is this is pretty interesting. Uh, like they, one, you know, they, they they have a guy leaving that was in charge of their, you know, their chief financial officer. He was getting them in apparently very good shape. Yeah, the, they've been posting like um like amazing profits. Like they've been going up when the rest of the industry has been seeing a downward trend. Yep, uh, they've been. Uh, f- they've been focusing on their Kona Plus strategy, and they've been uh, tapping into Kona's growing relevance as a global lifestyle brand. Uh, <laughs> All right, but these are some of the things that he has been, you know, helping push forward. And then he's on the way out, and then they get someone from AB InBev to sit on their board. It, I don't know. Maybe he's like, you know, checking some temperatures, feeling out the water. Maybe he's just a guy they met since the buy, you know, since since they bought a stake in him. And darn it, he's just nice folk. So let's he put could, him on our maybe. He could uh, be the right kind of person to have in that kind of a role. I mean, they may have seen this potential in him and moved him into the spot because of that. So, but I mean, just all the moves up to this point do do kind of make me think like, well, now AB InBev has a, has more of a voice in what's going on and saying, yeah. you know, guys, what? Why are we even trying so hard? We could have someone else just give us money. Yeah. I mean... So, well, it's already... um, Budweiser already claims that they uh, make Kona, even though they don't. They just own a a small stake in uh, Craft Brew Alliance. And because, what was it, Casey said when he went and toured one of the facilities in St. Louis that uh, they had bottles of Kona beer up there as part of their portfolio when it's like, no, you, you merely own a portion of a company that makes this. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe they think it's like, no, this is already ours. You 
flags were Although involved. Although that could be interesting <laughs> if, if they take it for granted at some point. <laughs> if they if they love it, maybe they should have put a ring on it. That's all I'm saying. Maybe they should have. Put a contract on it. I don't know. <laughs> the equivalent. Well, uh, so this article is talking about a possible shortage of PBR upcoming, and it might be just stirring the pot a little. Past Blue Ribbon is more than just an iconic American beer. It's also the poster child for a brand brought back from the brink by sheer consumer willpower. Uh, PBR bottomed out with their production uh, back in 2001, and they only made a million barrels. Still kind of a lot, but considering what they were. Yeah. Uh, as of last year, they were shipping about two and a half million barrels. So <laughs> they're doing pretty good for themselves. Uh, but perhaps may be facing another battle for survival, this time a legal one, against another beer giant, Miller Coors. Miller Coors and Pabst Blue Ribbon are reportedly set to go to trial this November as part of an ongoing legal dispute. Uh, at issue is a decades-old agreement where Miller Coors handles production on all Pabst legacy beers, including the brand's signature PBR. Uh, that agreement is apparently set to expire in 2020, and though it comes with no options to renew, Miller Coors, which has been facing its own struggles in a declining beer market, wants out of the deal. <laughs> Pabst has a lot at stake with a renewal. Uh, finding another brewery with millions of barrels worth of brewing capacity to contract uh, would be extremely difficult or probably impossible. And the other option, building their own brewery of that size, is neither easy nor cheap. If Miller Coors is able to terminate the agreement, Pabst uh, would probably have to make some tough choices about its legacy brands, which also include other well-known names like Old Milwaukee and Colt 45. Think of Billy D. <laughs> uh, but they're saying that these are the reasons there could be a PBR shortage because so they're going to have to find someone to brew it. Um, but this isn't until like this con the contract isn't up till 2020. So, uh, as for the title of this article saying you should start storing it up, I'm not sure two-year-old Pabst is going to taste so good. I'm so, not sure if one-year-old Pabst is going to taste so good. <laughs> I'm not sure if fresh-off-the-line Pabst is going <laughs> to taste so good. I was waiting for that one. Uh, yep. Though declining to produce another company's beer might seem like a cut-and-dry choice for Miller Coors, um, the legal argument is that Miller Coors' decision is anti-competitive. Miller Coors reported, reportedly said that the company may be shutting some breweries and won't have the capacity to continue brewing Pabst brands, uh, stating that the deal is an arm's-length agreement which allows both parties to look for their own best interests. However, Pabst believes that the move actually may be a way to strong-arm its brands out of the market with the hope that PBR drinkers might opt for a Miller Coors product instead, an argument that a judge apparently saw a plaus as plausible during a hearing in April. So, mm. yeah, this is uh, going to get dirty, I'm assuming, because Pabst is really, they're fighting for their future. They will not be yeah. able to keep the, without someone like that on board, they're not going to be able to keep these brands afloat because they're with the market as it is for them right now. They're probably not going to be able to build the facilities to brew all these beers. Hmm. Yeah. And um, this made me go back to another news story we reported on last year, or was it the year before? Didn't New Holland sign a distro agreement with Pabst? They did. They did. Mm. What does this mean for that? That's a good point. I mean, yeah, if, if Pabst goes under... 
if this leads to perhaps going under, because this is what's pushed New Holland into new markets. Like I know they've hit a lot of uh, markets up in New England and up into Vermont and Maine, and they've been trending up that way. What's gonna happen if perhaps goes under? I mean, I, you know, I I, I joke because it's easy. They're like, uh, think of the hipsters, but there's a lot of people who, who enjoy perhaps that you know obviously wouldn't want to see their see that beer go away uh it keeps bizarrely winning strange medals in <laughs> like great american beer fest uh yeah like cream ale two years in a row <laughs> well it's also it's also at a lot of um venues like it's an easy mm-hmm. cheap purchase to make if somebody yep. just wants a beer like a lot of concerts a lot of bars a lot of you know it, it's it's kind of a smart move just to grab like a like the concert that we went to Casey got two tall cans of paps and we're like um but i mean he it's came a out, thing he came out cheaper do. than he would have been exactly uh, so that's uh, that's something else to consider like if if they don't want something like budweiser at some of these places because you don't see it as often what are their other choices right it's i mean this this is actually pretty you know could be pretty dire straits for them uh so we'll just have to kind of see how it plays out yeah. I can't do anything to fix it, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, I guess Paps will, uh, I feel like the name Paps Blue Ribbon won't die out. Someone will buy them. It's going it to be around. Yeah, yeah. It's they They might sell it off or something, but it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Like, something will happen. If it goes completely under, someone will, will buy rights to the name somehow and start making it again. Maybe not right away, but within a few years. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, next up, investors demand that Nestle, Pepsi, and others cut plastic use. Um, mm. Yeah, I am kind of in favor of this. But um, so, a group of twenty-five investors managing more than one trillion dollars in assets oh. are demanding that Nestle, PepsiCo, Procter and Gamble, and Unilever reduce their use of plastic packaging, calling it environmentally damaging. Not wrong. Uh, the initiative was organized by As You So, a nonprofit shareholder advocacy group that pushes companies to act responsibly. It was signed by investment managers, including um, Hermes Investment Management, Impacts Assessment, Asset Management, NEI, and Walden. Without fundamental redesign and innovation, about 30% of plastic packaging will never be reused or recycled, the investors said in their letter. These materials can persist in the environment partially degraded for hundreds of years, which, as well as causing damage to marine life, could also have a material impact by exposing companies to reputational damage. Yeah, I mean, I just think all of this is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. Uh, The group is asking the companies to disclose annual plastic packaging use, set plastic use reduction goals, facilitate recycling and transition to recyclable reusable or compostable packaging as much as possible the investors said they want to push the comp the companies to hold to the promise after five of the group of seven nations excluding the u.s and japan adopted a charter aimed at significantly reducing single-use plastic by 2040 wow. i'm wondering how you have reusable pepsi two liters um like i'm just picturing like a metal thing you mm-hmm. just go to your yeah. You know, Fill her up. So you use these these glass resealable jugs. I, I mean, I imagine maybe it's like somewhere where you turn it in and you can, 
I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> Pepsi start. Pepsi starts handing out crawlers. Yeah, we we just start doing growlers and crawlers for the, soda as well. The compostable thing's interesting though. Like that would actually help a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, people. That's that's the thing that doesn't. I don't understand. Like, it's obviously people aren't recycling as much. I mean, we work at a waste in the waste industry. The two two of us and nobody recycles even there. <laughs> Like people are throwing cans and bottles in the trash as opposed to the recycling container it needs to go in. So it's, it's, but like compostable and, and biodegradable items even have been made for quite some time. Like it's not hard to find these. Do they not have the same lecturing voice of Captain Planet ringing in their ears that I do when I see a recycling bin? Apparently not. Oh. So. I'm just, uh, I'm just being told that only I can. <laughs> you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Not prevent forest fires, but that's what I was going to say. That's not right. That's, that's the one everybody smoky. remembers. Yeah. Um, we couldn't see. We could prevent forest fires with plastic. Um. <laughs> no. Like I mean, we, I, that burns. contain plastic. I mean, we can prevent that from happening oh. and leaching things into the environment. Um, yeah, uh, I think this is just like a really good idea. Oh. The great thing is, it says Pepsi and Unilever didn't immediately respond to requests for comment <laughs> on the story. Yeah, I bet not, because, I, look, calm down. <laughs> we don't have a plan for this. Yeah, but I, it just, it baffles me. Like, it's such a, all of these are, are huge companies. You should probably figure something out about it. Like, you have the yeah. means. Les <laughs> bon temps role. You're just going to let the good times roll, guys. They're... Just kill the earth. That's fine. Ah, look, that's not... By then, they'll be rich enough to be terraforming their own planet. Out of plastic. Out of plastic. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to make a rocket ship out of the plastic. Ugh. I don't know how it's going to survive, you know... <laughs> the, the, exiting yeah. orbit, but... Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, it just it just bothers me. <laughs> like, I think it's, this is a no-brainer, and it's like, yeah, I don't know what's taking them so long in the first place. Oh, speaking of things that may bother you, <laughs> yes. Um, a New York study of purchasing, purchasing trends in 2011 might have come up with some interesting findings about how so- oh, pardon, soda producers uh, sell their products, particularly to uh, targeting low-income families. It seems that many New York grocery stores are, uh, uh, are known to show an increased volume of uh, soda displays between the first of the month and and the ninth of the month, when food stamps are distributed throughout the state. Mm. This may also uh, also help to show that it isn't only a personal choice that leads to lower-income families making less healthy choices. Uh, the study demonstrates that those trends are not entirely the fault of low-income shoppers who are disproportionately bombarded with junk food ads, says uh, Alyssa Morin, the lead author of the paper and assistant professor of health and social policy at Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. People argue that individuals are ultimately responsible for their choices. We all know that the environment in which we make choices matters, she says. The study uh, is another example of the industry targeting sugary uh, beverage uh, targeting sugary beverage marketing towards lower income families. Apparently, Morgan began began her research after wondering which food companies uh, benefited most from uh, from the regular first of the month boom. Uh, she also cautions, however, that her data that her data only comes from New York, 
and the patterns may differ in other states. She also says she can't say whether grocery stores or soda producers are to blame. Food companies frequently pay stores to place ads or uh, shelve their products in highly visible locations. Uh, so it's impossible to say who's responsible for the ads and the research uh, uh, ads the researchers saw during the visits. Uh, Coca-Cola and Dr. Pepper Snapple Group both say they did not consider SNAP the basically the actual acronym for food stamps uh, when creating their marketing plans. So I wonder, I don't know if about uh, that industry, but if it's like for beer where there's a kind of market captain and that captain is submitting, you know, oh, well, you should lay out your plans like this and your marketing and how these things should be sitting on the shelf. This is probably the best way it should be. And that captain is Coke or, you know, something where it's like we have to deal with for beer where it's Anheuser-Busch. Right. Uh, not 100% sure on that. It is, you know, they, they mentioned that there's a huge gap between the people, you know, between rich and poor and who's, you know, and their, their health choice options. It's like, yeah, yeah, there is. <laughs> because fruit is, fruit and, and veg are more expensive than a bag of Cheetos and the sale mm, on Cheetos. Pepsi. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're... It's it's just I'm trying to think about the, the the right way to word this. It is difficult to prove from the research they've done and from what they've said that you know how who exactly is responsible for for what they're doing. Is it just the grocery store knowing, hey, this will sell more during this time, so I'm putting this out, or is it you know the actual company saying, hey, put these out, especially on these days, you know what they did didn't give them enough information for that kind of, you know, they were just looking at the actual shopping patterns. Uh, yeah. Just, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe I have a cynical outlook on it <laughs> or like, I mean, I was, you know, with AmeriCorps for a while, like I, I've seen, we were on snap during that time, actually mm-hmm. kind of had to be, uh, as part of the program. But personally I would, I hate it, but I kind of go with the, the thing of like, it probably shouldn't be allowed to be purchased on snap. But then, people would like riot if that were yeah. if that were the case at this point because people have had it for so long. Like that, that, if people didn't get their Coke or their Pepsi or whatever, people would be pissed. Yeah, the article does go to mention that people are are you know someone's like they think that that you know you shouldn't be able to buy those things through you know through Snap and you're like you know it's it's their choice what to do with it. Yeah, but at the same time, like. Man, there's just a lot of bad choices. Yeah, you know, bad choices and a lot of stuff influencing them to make sure they make the yeah they like, make that choice. When you see that Pepsi's on sale for like two dollars or whatever for a six pack or twelve pack, you know what I mean. And I just keep using right. Pepsi as an example, but like could be Coke. It, it's I mean, yeah, you're kind of left with a f- very few options, so you're not going to be encouraged to get something that's better. You know, your kids will drink it. It's caffeine. You know you're gonna drink it. Like, what's the? Di- I mean, yeah. I, 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 the whole thing kind of irritates me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, still, I do like that they mentioned though. Like, look, our research was very limited to one state. And yeah, yeah. We don't have exact answers and everything. It's like, thank you. I wish more things about research would say that. Yeah, they're trying to be fair, so that's yeah. nice and rare. <laughs> All right, well, uh, you know what's not fair and becoming more rare? 
CO two, CO two. You wouldn't you wouldn't imagine it. But, hold uh, on, hold on. I'm gonna help. <sighs> <laughs> Every, everyone just needs to yeah start exhaling hard. So a CO two shortfall is leaving beer and soft drink makers high and dry just as the World Cup and barbecue seasons get underway. <laughs> Seasonal manufacturing shutdowns have left UK, the UK with only one plant producing CO two. Heineken said it was working with customers to minimize disruption, but uh, Grocer Magazine has reported that Heineken had written to pubs limiting the amount they can order of the affected lines. Um, we've been informed by our CO2, CO2 supplier that uh, they are facing a major issue with supply availability in the UK. Heineken confirmed in a statement uh, Weatherspoon's pub chain, apparently this is a very large chain in the UK, said that while it had not uh, encountered any supply issues yet, this is likely to change in the coming days, and it's not likely to get any better. Carbon dioxide comes from ammonia plants, uh, which have to close for maintenance during the summer because their busy time is the winter. Uh, currently, wait, yeah, currently uh, at least five CO2 producers across Northern Europe are offline for maintenance. The British Beer and Pub Association, BBPA, kind of an unfortunate... Uh, yeah. Uh, when you're literally one letter away from being a hated uh, chemical compound. But uh, they represent the brewers, and 20,000 UK pubs said the CO2 shortage was beginning to cause stoppages in beer production, although it did not name specific companies. Uh, another use for carbon dioxide was brought to our attention by this article, and we feel like it was kind of a burying the headline deal, or at least what we found more interesting. Uh, CO2 uh, has a lot of uses, and uh, one of them it's also uh, to stun and ultimately suffocate poultry in many slaughterhouses. Shouldn't laugh, but. And this is what the uh, heck. This shortage is going to be hitting that industry as well. Nine of the UK's largest poultry plants are facing a critical shortage of the gas, which could lead very quickly to a halt in slaughtering and knock-on effect on animal welfare as birds are left longer on the farms. So, so they <laughs> they simply don't have enough gas to fill the chambers to kill all the poultry. So these farms are going to have to long-term house poultry for much longer than they were ever intended to. That's yeah, messed up anyway. Just have them call a whole bunch of southern grandmothers up there. They'll kill those chickens. <laughs> oh, they'll get them. They'll get out there. Break their necks. <laughs> it's just... just Alright, now pluck it. That was... Holy crap, Grandma. <laughs> Granny's hardcore. No, that was just, like, startling. I'm like, oh, that sucks. Like, in the UK, they're... I mean, beer is getting ready to start becoming a hard to get thing but mm. yeah. and just keep reading it's like oh god <laughs> it's yeah. that's how they do it it's just like chicken auschwitz <laughs> i can't i shouldn't laugh at that i'm sorry i'm just, just i'm picturing like me. somebody in like that that nazi gear like flipping a switch with like a gas yes, mask no. on i keep and just going... chickens falling <laughs> nope i'm nope. i'm cutting to schindler's list and it's just poultry <laughs> Well, I was thinking uh, more of like. Well, uh, okay. Okay. See, see that one. That one goes like in my head. I'm like, nope. I can picture it now. It becomes less funny. 
It's still hilarious. I was picturing, I know it's not the same time period, so it, it doesn't really help at all. But like the, the chick from uh, Wonder Woman, I know that was World War One, but um, mm. the, the poison oh, lady the, the, with the mask and stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was picturing her just like, haha, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, geez. but I mean. These poor chickens. CO2 is used in a lot of stuff, but, you know, it's also <laughs> going to affect their, their, uh, I don't know, paintball industry, maybe? <laughs> I don't imagine they have a very strong paintball industry <laughs> over there. But yeah, um, I, th- I thought it was weird when you just stop and think about, oh yeah, CO2 is actually just a byproduct that we get from making fertilizer, and then there's like, no, we can sell it. <laughs> weird. So, yeah. And when they're not making fertilizer, it's just like, well, do we run run the equipment to just make the CO2? No. they're not. No, it's a byproduct. They're not going to keep doing what they usually do to make the byproduct mm-hmm. so only one plant is kind of like well all right i guess we can make some fertilizer now and sell the co2 and then mm-hmm. they're the only game in town right now maybe and maybe they won't go like have make it harder to find their beer but it's definitely gonna gonna, gonna affect prices well the article said yeah there are going to be uh so some, some may be slowing you need, down. I'm just you need CO two to run the taps as well. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. that means they're going to start cutting taps. I just meant like they're going to have to like bump up the price to find somewhere to find new places for CO two. Oh yeah, well oh, this yeah. is this is just a temporary thing. They said uh, this should all be sorted out within like the next month. But I mean, it uh, is it is you know the time. You just of don't year. want to run out of beer during uh, during Cup. the World Cup. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Very much. So, in Speaking of traumatic news, images. Yeah. Baby seen drinking beer at a sports bar. It was everything in me just now didn't say sports bra for some reason. Um, <laughs> Baby <laughs> seen drinking in sports bra. Completely different story. Just, just chugging it, yeah. Uh, so, this is, uh, you know, I didn't see, I think this is in the U.S., isn't it? It doesn't actually say anywhere. Huh. But uh, this was, this happened, uh, April 7th, which is like weird that there, this is like literally just got reported on, but uh, Middleton police received a call that an infant was drinking beer at the clubhouse on South Main, according to Chief James A. D. Gianviatorio. Yes. Apparently the child was sitting in the entertainment area of the establishment, which features indoor golf, billiards, table tennis, cornhole, and shuffleboard. Yay, shuffleboard. And an employee saw the baby sipping an adult beverage and grew concerned. Um, so he called the police. And after um, the officer spoke to the mother, who was not intoxicated, and admitted that her child unexpectedly grabbed her beer and took a swig from it. She said the toddler, who appeared to the officer to be fine, has a tendency to just grab everything. <laughs> as toddlers tend to do. Um, it is what toddlers are supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, police nonetheless filed a report on the incident with the state's Department of Children and Families. Oh, I hope that doesn't like count against her. I mean, like sometimes kids just grab stuff. <laughs> like that's why they like they eat dirt and get like parasites and whatnot. Like I said, this is how they they experience the world. Things go in their mouth. Yeah. And from all they've seen in the past, liquids go in your mouth. <laughs> They're like, "Mom's drinking this. Clearly, this is fine. I'm gonna take a drink." <laughs> I just so. think it's funny, the timing of it. It's like right as someone comes in, they're like looking around like, I don't know about this place. And they look over and then a baby's sitting at the bar <laughs> drinking a beer. And you're like, no, I'm pretty certain of this place now. <laughs> it's the baby from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. 
Let's go then. Yo, get me a brewski. <laughs> Maybe it was not also smoking, right? As far as I, I know. Hope, I hope it was. <laughs> just, just come by, like, memory. Like, I was told there was a baby here getting intoxicated, and he's just in there. You leave me alone, pig. <laughs> the baby Herman? Was that the baby? Baby Herman, that was his name, yeah. Picture like a stogie in one hand and a scotch in the other. (laughs) I wonder what kind of beer it was. Like, I wonder if the baby just took a drink and was like, What the hell? (laughs) Took a drink and went, Don't we have anything, like, (laughs) I don't know, from Sam Adams on draft? Do you have a stout somewhere? Just looks disappointed at the mother. (laughs) Why? Did you get a Bud Light for crying out loud? You had better taste. (laughs) (laughs) Police officer said, It was only a Bud Light. We figured. It's mostly water. (laughs) It's close to water anyway. All right. Well, that's about what they're left with in uh, some countries. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah. uh, Apparently, the World Cup is having uh, an uh, is causing unexpected shortages in Russia. Uh, Apparently, World Cup planning is hard, guys. (laughs) Who Who knew? knew? Uh, fans from around the world have traveled uh, traveled to Russia, and they are craving one thing as they're relaxing between matches: beer. Mm. Unfortunately, uh, beer is not on the top of Russia's uh, production list right now. Uh, they are having uh, they have a bit higher duties, and there's stricter advertising and sales laws that are causing productions to to have been dipping somewhat. Mm. Mm. Uh, and they uh, they were not expecting the laws to be relaxed at all in the light of the World Cup. Wow. Somebody didn't plan. <laughs> I mean, Putin can't do everything, Brittany. Uh, some restaurants and bars are finding that they are having, uh, having to wait a day for rush deliveries to be delivered to them. Wow. Uh, the football crowd... Uh, Seemed to be insatiable, though. Uh, Dimitri, uh, a barman at Trendy Courtyard Bar, Google, go- Google, 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 Google. Uh, we don't do Russian guys. Say, say it like you. <laughs> Never mind. I'm about to get into stereotypes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, there's a thing about bears that's gonna pop up. And... Never mind. <laughs> uh, anyway, they said visiting soccer fans had drank 800 liters of beer in three days uh, drowning the cheap lager before moving on to more expensive bottled beers <laughs> that's what i'd like to imagine look the keg blue bring me that bottle we're out of those bring me the next rack <laughs> look like, you start can't... refilling the bottles with what you got urine don't you <laughs> uh, at this point their 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 urine has to be mostly beer um anyway uh uh, Goggle was uh, taking three deliveries on Tuesday just to replenish supplies. Uh, and he was saying this as workers were busily unpacking boxes of beer from the truck, bo- uh, vodka, whiskey, and beer from the uh, van nearby. So, like, as they're interviewing him, they're just like, hurry! They can't be stopped! <laughs> uh, however, Ivan, a Croatian in Russia, uh, See, uh, who is there to see his team take on Argentina in the uh, on Thursday? So, a little bit, a little bit ago. I don't know how that turned out. 
The World Cup is on weird times now, and I don't have cable. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't get to watch it. Uh, anyway, he had said uh, he had yet to encounter any shortages. He said, there's beer everywhere, he said, swinging from a can of uh, Russian uh, Ziguli lager while sitting on a bench near a uh, Bolshe theater. Some places, yes, some places, no. You just have to know where to find it. <laughs> I <laughs> There's always something during the World Cup that they're not planning for. So it's just like that many people showing up to watch, you know, one of the, the biggest sporting event in the world that goes on forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They're going to be doing some drinking. Anheuser-Busch may be the, the main... Uh, one of the main advertisers for there, they are not. Uh, they're not commenting on on them being short on beer. Uh, I didn't think uh, ABMBev distributed to that part of the world, did they? I, uh, they do because remember, uh, Russia is having like it's 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 trendy for Russia to get American beer. I think mm-hmm. we had a story about that uh, well, uh, last year. There's so the it other. May not be trendy now, but it was then. There's the other Budweiser that exists out of Poland. There is, but but mm. they are in. they actually own the trademark internationally for Budweiser and that's why Budweiser can't I don't think they sell just the traditional Budweiser lager. They they still sell something out there because yeah. uh, they sell Bud Light and some stuff yeah. like that. It um I just don't I feel like that's just really poor planning. Um you can't have you can't expect people from Germany, Ireland, England, like all the, the the nations in which beer is more of a thing um, to be in your country and you not supply them with beer. That's just weird. Yeah. Um, also, Croatia lost to Argentina. Oh, oh okay. Uh, they have a thing here. It says the, the sun makes uh, someone talking about it. The sun makes them thirsty. He said of one of his customers in Russia, we say to the bottom. I like these guys are embracing our culture. <laughs> I'm like, the- man, wait. Is that how they have? Is that like their cheers essentially to the bottom? That's a cool cheers. I like uh, to the bottom, but immediately my mind goes to the pain. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that phrase. No. Yeah. Uh, we're princess. not. We're not doing an entire Princess Bride. No. I mean, podcast. we could. <laughs> we could. <laughs> we, mm. we very much could. All right, but speaking of our other podcasts, uh, this one will have to become that one eventually. <laughs> Someday. Yes. Uh, so, yes, we would like to remind everyone, this is our news-only show, but we do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. We will see you again for this show uh, next Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, live on twitch.tv. And once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>